0: This is the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield.
1: Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red Podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me today is not our full-time Liverpool correspondent, both home and away, James Pierce. He's very much still away. Extremely lazy. Not in any way. Earned break that he's got while the rest of us plough on regardless. However, I'm pleased to announce that with me I do have the tallest member of the sports desk, Paul Ghost. Hi Paul. Hello, Ian. I also have, returning, it's Dan Kay. Hi, Dan. Hello, Ian. And and a very, very special guest, a veteran of the sports desk. <laughs> you don't hear him very often on this podcast, but here he is. It's the nightest man in sports journalism, Christopher Beasley. Hi, Chris. Hello, Ian. Uh, I'm, I'm very good. Thanks, everybody, for asking. No, no, I am. Nobody intense. ever bothers to Shut ask. You. What else? No, thank you. Uh, anyway, Dan, we will start with you, and All I will it. ask you about... A certain Brazilian footballer called Neymar. He has been the big story this week with comments that he's made, apparently in a poker tournament in <laughs> Barcelona the other week. He was quite why it's taken this long to come out. I don't know, but mm. he was he, yeah, he was he was. This is it's, it's international break. Yeah, Anything that happens that kind of minutely made. happens is big. Uh, he was asked about who he thinks is going to win the Premier League. He said in English. He said, "Oh, Man City." And then he was asked who else would make up the top four, and I think he said United, then Chelsea, and then he pondered a bit and said Tottenham. And uh, he was then said, what, no Liverpool then? And he just went, nope, no Liverpool. To which apparently Gerard Piquet was next to him and started shaking his head and looking at him Mm. as if he was falling on the floor, having been tapped on the ankle or something. But anyway, what do you make of his comments, bearing in mind that Neymar will be at Anfield in a few weeks with his Paris Saint-Germain side for that Champions League opener?
0: Well, quite. Um, And I guess it just adds another little layer of intrigue to what is already a very enticing-looking opening Champions League fixture for the Reds a week on Tuesday against money-laden Paris Saint-Germain. Neymar is entitled to his opinion. I mean, he is a footballer rather than a football pundit. You have to wonder how much attention he would be paying to uh, the Premier League. Um, I think at the end of the day, it's kind of immaterial what he says. There's there's going to be a a fantastic atmosphere in Anfield for for the particularly obviously after what happened in Kiev. I mean, so... some people might, some Liverpool f- supporters might. Well, I think we've probably already seen on social media some Liverpool s- supporters have been slightly offended by what he said. They get
1: very angry very
0: easily, don't they? Yeah, I, th- I mean, I do think social media and particularly Twitter can be a little, yeah. c- can give a little bit of a a false impression about as to the general mood of a fan base over of 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 whatever issue it might be. Um, <clears throat> I think at the cold light today. What Maymore says or does or thinks about where we're going to finish in you know in nine, eight, nine months' time at the end of the Premier League season is kind of immaterial. But if it makes a few Reds shout that a little bit louder and make Anfield a little bit more host- more hostile for for our French guests, who we all of course be extending the. The Arm ent- ent- Entente Cordial, Entente yes. Cordial and the, the arms of brotherhood across the, <laughs> across La Manche, the channel. Um, it all just spices it up a little bit further, but um, it's something and nothing, really.
1: Ghosty, what was your reaction when you saw he'd said that? Did, your, did you get your back up or did you just in trademark fashion just sigh a little oh, bit and yeah. move on? Well, you you <laughs> can't <anymore>. imagine Dolly, <laughs> i
2: particularly furious than that, can yeah. you? No, I'd, I think it's just one of them. He was at a poker tournament, he was probably <laughs> looking at his hand or something, wasn't he? And he wasn't interested. I think it's just one of those things that kind of gets a little bit built up and on us, obviously, reporting on the local team, we've kind of looked at it a little bit, haven't we? And um,
1: to be fair we did just play it straight didn't we, we just yeah I
2: mean you did you did the, the story didn't you and I, I kind of did like a little separate piece the next day saying he's not the first person to kind of dismiss Liverpool particularly in the Champions League mm. um, you know fair enough as Dan says it's, it's up to him who we think should finish in the top four but Liverpool have been in the, the top four for consecutive seasons and they went all the way to the Champions League final last season so if he's not aware that Liverpool are an amazing force then he hasn't really been paying attention has he is is this a
1: case of man not paying attention, as Scorsi just
3: said? <laughs> I think the the best way for Liverpool to deal with this is, like I say, show them in the Champions League. I mean, look at what happens over what's happened over the summer. Manchester City are very much the favourites to retain the title, but it looks like Liverpool are going to run them the closest, there's all kinds of disarray at Manchester United, Tottenham didn't bring anybody in, Arsenal rebuilding, Chelsea too, Liverpool got to be the main contender to to Manchester City, never mind just making the top four, and even if they don't, they could um, go in the Champions League, get in that way. Bees comes in and wipes out four of the title contenders
0: in one <laughs> sentence, <laughs> <laughs> he's not wasting <laughs> any
1: time there. I mean, it is just one of those things, isn't it? You, you see this happen all the time, it, it tends to be... it's it's, it's probably you know it's always happened but people just haven't really paid much attention to it because they've never ever been able to see the foreign press as readily as as they have done as they can do these days
0: and I think particularly in in an international week when you know news and stories are a little bit thinner on the ground than what they would ordinarily be it's just it's had a little bit more traction than probably it deserved really but, don't, you know. say that. don't say <laughs> that. It was it proved
1: extremely well, you, popular you, on the Echo website. G- the yeah, we've got <laughs> our heads out of it,
0: haven't
1: we? <laughs> <laughs> that that that. <laughs> uh, however, uh, I think it was... Was it the same day or the day before? I, can't, I think it was the day before, uh, Gorsley, uh it emerged that Jordan Henderson had signed yes. a new... It turns out we well, were led to believe, that we understand it's a five-year contract, which would extend his commitment to Liverpool, if he goes right to the end of that contract, to 12 years, mm-hmm. which given thinking back to how he started his Liverpool career, it was very uncertain. He ended up playing on the right wing. I think he maybe even played on the right wing and I think it was one of the finals, I think. The FA Cup yeah, final, I yeah. yeah, the FA Cup final, yeah. He's now, obviously, he was always touted, Steven Gerrard was the man who said, this is the man to replace me. He didn't mean in the sense of being exactly the same player, but he could be in the midfield for years and he can be the captain. And It turns out that, you know, since it's, it's proved to be true, and I know there's a lot of, I'm trying to word this properly there's a lot of people who perhaps don't appreciate Jordan Henderson for what he is and what yeah. he provides and a lot of these people tend to be fans from a little bit further afield who don't get to see the day-to-day stuff that maybe he, you know Henderson does the stuff around Melwood the stuff around the, the game the stuff he does with with the media the way that he's like the ambassador for the club the way that Gerard was
2: yeah I mean it's a it's an uneasy comparison isn't it because no matter who was going to be the next Liverpool captain, they were never going to be able to replace Gerrard in terms of leadership, influence, ability. Um, and it's just kind of the sword's fallen on Jordan Henderson. And he's kind of been a bit hamstrung by the fact that he's, he's an England international as well, because you know there's so many kind of comparisons with Gerrard that Gerrard leads the way in so many of them. But in his own right, he's been a fantastic captain for the pool, a great servant, a good player, a very good player. Um, underrated by, by plenty really. I mean, there's no kind of grey area with Henderson, is there? You either know, get fans who praise him to the hilt, um, or you get people who don't see quite quite see what he does during games. And I'm a, I'm on the side of him being a good player. I think he um, he brings a lot of energy to that midfield. Good passing range. He's developed um, a strength to his bow with the number six role. And I just think he's had the, the unfortunate um, circumstances of following Gerard as, as the next Liverpool captain. It'd be great to see him stay right through to the end of his career and you know we clock up, as you say, over a decade of service because he's been a really good player and I think uh, he, he's good enough to, to stay there.
1: I mean, Bees, you saw him quite a bit. Earlier in his Liverpool career, a bit less in the last couple of years. But looking at it from afar, I mean, what do you make of Liverpool fans? Or not make of Liverpool fans, it's just anybody generally who Mm -hmm. says that Henderson perhaps isn't good enough for Liverpool or doesn't bring what other players bring. When you had, I think it was, was it Mickey Quinn earlier this week? He was was asked about Henderson. He said he'd get into everybody's midfield in the Premier League with the possible exception of Man City because they've got Fernandinho.
3: Yeah, people seem to concentrate too much on what Jordan Henderson isn't rather than what he actually is and what he does bring to the team and uh, we've seen this summer, I mean I know we're going to go on and talk about um, Fabinho perhaps later on in the in the podcast but we've seen just how difficult it is to get into that Liverpool midfield, there's great competition for places now and uh, people in a similar way, they've written off um, James Milner um, J- Jordan Henderson's there, he's one of the the, the established senior players and um, he's he's been on a consistent basis for, for a number of seasons. Now, what's interesting, really, is that it, this new deal, if he s- sees it through, brings him through um, to testimonial territory, <laughs> and uh, we had a bit of a quip about it the other day when we heard about the contract. so said, I mean, who, who could he play for the, um, the testimonial? How about um, a Clint Dempsey's MLS All-Stars? No no no. Naughty, naughty, <Wow>.
1: naughty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dan, the, the whole Henderson thing, you know, I think Kenny Dalglish. Well, not I think. I know Kenny Dalglish bought him. <coughs> Brendan Rodgers, as as uh, Bees just reminded us, tried to sell him. Uh, about about been in the door five minutes, but then ended up loving him so much he made him captain. Yep. Uh, and now Jurgen Klopp, who who knows a good player or two, has kept him captain, given him you know given the all clear for this new deal, and said that what did he call him? I forgot what he said. He called him something this week. The it's fabric the, was it? Or the fa- like? it was something like he was. He was the. Or he epitomizes the, Yeah, all the the, the, the epitome of of Liverpool Football Club. This mm. is what they're all about these days. He, he he's the. Did he say chairman or something? It was something like I can't remember exactly what it was, but he's like the man.
0: Yeah, I mean, there can't be too many players in the modern era that are divided opinion more than. Um, Jordan Henderson. And I've always said that, you know, in, in some people's eyes, and I know, you know <laughs> the fella I sit next to at the match, um, some people will never ever forgive him for not being Steven Gerrard Well, that's funny
1: you should say that because that, that basically sums it up, doesn't it? Mm. You sit next yeah. to somebody who you appreciate him and the guy next to you just goes, yeah. no, don't and get him. Yeah, I mean, in, the, like, in, the, in the 80s, there was somebody like Ronnie Whelan, for example, was a player who was a little bit like that. He's usually underrated. Yeah. yeah. But
0: anyway. Um, I mean, I, I think off, off, Henderson's one of those kind of players when you. Similar to Wheeland, similar to many kind of underrated players in the past, you often only really, really notice their value when they're not there. I always think back to you know, that running in twenty fourteen, and that moment when he got sent off against Man City. Victor Moses, and even though, fault. It, well, it's heavy touch on that, yeah. And um, you just felt at that moment, it's, even if it was a you know, an unforgettable day, an incredible atmosphere, an incredible moment when we got that game over the line. There was always that nagging fear and the doubt in the back of your mind: is that going to prove costly? And you know, like you said though, there's there's Various people around the game of football who have rated him and rated him for a long time. You know it's important to remember he played a big role in um, England's World Cup run to the semi-finals this year. So I have to say I'd be surprised if he sees out this five years on his contract because I think you. Know, but I, d- I do think it makes entire sense to get him get him signed up as a statement of intent to the lads, to the, to the rest of the squad, to the rest of the support base that. He he still has a key role to play for Liverpool over the next couple of years. I'd like I'm, I want to just read out. Obviously, it,
1: I've, I've just remembered. By the way, I've, I've just say remembered. I've just checked. It was general. Klopp called him a his gen- general. Well,
0: yeah, you know, he, is, he is a midfield general. Yeah, you know, mm. without lapsing into hackneyed cliche. Mm. Um, but it, it, obviously, when the news broke on Wednesday, there was a, a divergence of opinion across social media. But one, one I thought was particularly uh, illuminating and in many ways indicative of kind of like how. Opinions on players like Henderson become so kind of like distorted through the prism of social media. So somebody contacted our, our good friend and colleague, Mr. Christian Walsh, who was who is, no, who is so no longer with us. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Christian. Not much <laughs> <not, not, laughs> training you there. He's having a day off. Hope you're having a nice day off. Chris. This didn't mean to kill you off there. Sorry, pal. Someone con- someone replied to his tweet, which basically said, "Thoroughly deserved new uh, new long term deal for the skipper." The Liverpool Echo has written 152 articles since January about Henderson to make him look good. So of course he'll get a new contract. And I thought Christian, Christian's reply was superb. And you know, to use, so was, it, was to, it two words, second one off? <laughs> no, no. As if Christian would be so unprofessional. No, it was so, as the, so as the kids say today. It was very <laughs> on point. Uh, and he replied, literally, <laughs> saying... No, this had better be good now. <laughs> this, uh, well, this I, I think be good. Is, I, I think you'll like it, Ian. He um, said, <laughs> yes, Liverpool Football Club have made a multi-million pound decision based on the local newspaper, which is repeatedly... then A little yeah. parenthesis. Which is repeatedly told it, it is worthless and irrelevant just because we've written articles about him. And I think that shows how kind of sometimes people are so married and welded to their own opinions that they yeah. have to stick to it no matter mm. what evidence is actually there in front of them. So, you know...
2: I like the fact that someone's... I don't know whether that's uh, exaggeration or hyperbole or whether they've gone back and counted. Oh, I, th- I reckon they've gone
1: onto the Echo website typed yeah. in Henderson. And just gone uh, the pages. Henderson and got, gone yeah. through how many games. yeah. yeah.
2: Jordan, fair, Jordan Henderson... I'm quite keen to do that now. Actually. Let's not forget. <laughs> since he's been a Liverpool player, he's uh, won the League Cup. He's got to an FA Cup final, a Europa League final, a, uh, another League Cup final and a Champions League final, and he's been a key member of, of the teams that have done that. Now, OK, Liverpool haven't got over the line in, in virtually all of them games, but you know, you've know you got to be a, a player to be a, a leading player in a team that goes that far that regularly.
1: Well, he's also got, as was mentioned, a World Cup semi-final yeah, as well, yeah, which when, when he went off, England was still very much in the game.
0: One other point I'd like to make about Henderson as well, he seems. he's one of those kind of players. Remember Eric Cantona's famous description of Didier Deschamps years ago as a water carrier. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's never going to have the dynamism, the verve to, to to his game that Steven Gerrard had. But I do think and I think this is hopefully going to be what we'll see as this season develops as Liverpool's midfield becomes better and and the likes of Cater and Fabinho and others I, as 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 Liverpool's midfield improves, I think There'll be less pressure on Henderson to deliver the kind of creative stuff that isn't really. You know, he, isn't he scored some fantastic goals over the years? And I think. Then, I he's going to say. I think he's but slightly
1: think, slightly underrated in that sense because the last season and p- part of the season before that, he's been playing in that defensive midfield role, so he's not been able to get up and get the numbers that perhaps he's had in the last season before that. Yeah,
0: I, I just think as Liverpool mid as Liverpool's midfield starts the fire on more cylinders as we're hoping it will, as we're hoping it will as the season goes on. I think. That will suit Henderson, that, and and I think I think he will. Uh, you know, I hope he will flourish.
1: Now, Chris, as uh, as Dan has just kind of pointed out, there'll be a lot of people now who will be listening to this, and they'll literally be throwing stuff at whatever <laughs> mobile device or radio that they're listening to it on. However, I'm going to put this one to you: mm-hmm. If Jordan Henderson was any nationality other than English, would he be getting
3: the same amount of criticism? I don't think it makes any difference whatsoever. But it's um, actually the only thing you could say about him being English is what the point that Paul made, and that yet it's yet another um, barometer to Stephen Gerrard that it, that you can compare him to. But I, I don't see how it makes any difference. I know in in some ways. Almost, the local fans can almost be more critical of, of a local player just because they want them to do well. I know he's not local in that respect, he's from the northeast, but we see that sometimes with the, the Scouse lads under pressure from the home crowd. But I think the fact that he's English doesn't really count for or against him in a, in a multinational Liverpool team. Personally,
2: I, I wonder if he if was called, you know, Senior <laughs> H- <Hendersonio> or <laughs> uh, whether people you might get a little bit what, more what, of an easier. What's your ride? Brazilian name, Paul? Oh. You uh, know Palinio, what it is. is Julia, you know yeah. what it is? Yeah, Paulinho. Yeah. What would
1: yours be? Uh, Man's rubbish. That's like Doilinho. It's it's. was the
2: like There's one of those like little L-
0: internet L- things, things thing. you can do. Yeah, isn't
1: yeah, it? yeah. Like you like can't what, do you know, anymore that yeah. we have oh, to do for the world. Danilo or something.
2: Enio like actually means little. And my dad, <laughs> my dad is also called Paul, so I'm little Paul, so I'm Paulinho. God, I was four machines. That man.
1: The guy was Beizlau. Beizlau.
2: Beizlau. I I
1: reckon he actually did play for did play for Brazil at some point. Beizlau. Now, Anderson's obviously. Thank you, Paul. Anderson's obviously over uh, with England, preparing for the game against the team. I forgot the moment. Spain. 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 In the. Is it nice or smile it's, smile? it's in Saturday on Saturday evening in the UEFA Nations League, which everybody <laughs> understands fully. Uh, however, one player who had to pull out is Adam Lalana mm-hmm. Dan. Now, he, as we know, we've done this to death. He's got injured an awful lot over the past year. Yep. He missed a lot last season. He. Then got himself back fit. He's been on the bench. I think he came on in one game already this season. I think it was Chris Palace away, -Away, was it? Palace away, yeah. yeah. Uh, And now, just at the exact moment where everybody was expecting him to be of much greater use to Liverpool, he's got himself injured. I mean, he's he's very unlucky.
0: He is, and unfortunately, it's become a bit of a recurring theme um, for Lallana in the last season and a half, really. He's knocking on... He's coming to... coming towards the end of his 20s, knocking on 30. He was 30 in May. Is he 30? He's already 30. Yeah, huh? so he is mm-hmm. already 30. And as a player who, you wouldn't say it was the sole feature of his game, because obviously he's got very, very tidy feet, but he seems to be a very prominent figure, I'd say, in, in the early stages of Klopp's Liverpool reign, and was often handed this title, wasn't he? The leader of the press. Yeah. And you wonder, not so much the age, but but just the, the fact, the, the, the repeated stop-start nature of... His football in the last couple of years has very much blunted his ability to do that. Um, so I think the initial noises this week were that kind of like he is, you know, I think the club were quite keen to put something out to say, yeah, we still think he's hopefully going to play some in September. It's not yeah, like he's out, was, out for three weeks. It's probably be like
1: two or three weeks, will it?
0: Um, but <laughs> the problem is it, it's not just about fitness, is it? it's about sharpness. And you can only get that sharpness by playing and training regularly over weeks and months consistently so I mean all we can hope is that you know this this is going to be the last setback he has for for a while and if he can get two three months continuous football and training under his belt we may start to see that you know that the him having the kind of influence he had in the early stages part of me kind of thinks you know is he one of these kind of players that it's going to need to almost like reinvent himself a little bit as as his he's already done that the, has,
1: he's already done that once he's already done that once hasn't he at Liverpool he's going to do it again of course, do, do you worry as though perhaps Lalana's stepping into Daniel Sturridge territory?
2: Yeah, uh, something I mentioned yesterday, me and you did a podcast with me Dan yesterday. and it's made a, yeah. The, yeah, I made the point that it's, it's so unfortunate for Lolana just to just to keep suffering these injuries and these setbacks. But the good thing for Liverpool is all they have to focus on is trying to get him fit and get him get some match sharpness into his game. Because it's, it's not like the dependence on him, it wasn't like Daniel Sturridge three years ago where... He was basically the only striker that he had and all hopes were placed on him. Basically, Lallana is a, a very good squad option and if he's fit, great. Liverpool will be able to bring him on as and when and he can still have an impact because he's a very talented footballer and he's still an England international and he's only just turned 30 earlier this year. But if he if he isn't fit, then you know Liverpool have got more than enough to, to cope without him and it's just a case of, of him focusing on getting ready and getting fit. I mean, B's,
1: Ian Wright was on uh, Sky Sports last night, and he was talking about England, and he was just asked generally about how they can move on. Yeah. And he he mentioned Lalana by his name twice, actually, saying yeah. that he was a player that they missed in the World Cup because he's a player who could link the defence to the attack. He was basically saying that England very good defensively, attack wise. They've got the striker, they have got the players around him, but they need someone who can then link the two. I think he mentioned Ross Barkley. And I think he mentioned Lewis Cook of Bournemouth at one point, mm. but he said Lalana was the one who. Going into the world cup if he hadn't got that injury he'd have definitely been playing and he's somebody who he still thinks you know he's only 30 he can still still do that job
3: yeah definitely he did he had a very good run particularly for england for the time he, um, well, he was the player of the year wasn't he yeah. for 20, 2016 yeah. wasn't he yeah yeah, yeah. and um was, he's shown the correct attitude wasn't he it must have been heartbreaking for him the end of last season He'd had a tough year with the injuries got himself fit again and then to miss out on gareth southgate's final squad for the finals i mean could have been the end of his international career, but rather than take it like that, and there's the there's the likes of um, Cahill and Vardy, who are taking a break now for international football, he's gone the other way. He's, I really want to be part of this. This would be an important time for me to get some um, some minutes because he's like we said, he's featured only for about three minutes for Liverpool this season in the Premier League. So yeah, what's clear there, he's, he's a popular figure within the squad. We we know that the the people at Liverpool really rate him. The lads, the teammates, the staff there, they they think there's a lot more from him. It's just a case of. Can he keep himself fit? I mean, obviously, there's um, great demands of him, both at club and country, and everyone just um, hopes that um, he he can do it, at least for another couple of years.
0: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
1: Now, we mentioned Fabinho previously, Dan. Fabinho, Fabinho, (laughs) Fabinho. yes, that that lesser-spotted... Player who uh, once gave a rating of five two, which upset an awful lot of people. Never forget. I, mean, you know, seen I know. Since. never think it. I know exactly yeah. it. It's almost like I was right. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he is in line to play for Brazil. We're recording this by the way on Friday lunchtime, and he's in line to play for Brazil overnight uh, against is it USA? USA, yeah, yeah. USA. But at right back, and we've we did mention earlier this week about whether or not that may be a big problem. But he's actually spoken now, and he's spoken that he, heard say, he's not massively worried that he's not been playing for Liverpool but obviously he's keen to, to get involved and it's, it's, it's going to come for him, isn't it? These next couple yeah. of games are going to be good in terms of, as we just mentioned, then the sharpness that perhaps the likes, the likes of Lolana haven't quite got.
0: You know, the hysteria that you know modern football is riddled with nowadays means that... You know, we, like, we like it. We like well, we hysteria. like it when it drives a bit of web traffic for us but, you know, as a football supporter it can do your head in a little bit sometimes. Um, I'm not particularly worried on either regard, the fact that he's playing right back. I mean, at the end of the day modern footballers need to be versatile. And, you know, I think particularly with Fabinho, I have to be honest, I didn't know an awful lot about him before Liverpool signed him. But having done a bit of reading up around him, you know, he's a midfielder, but obviously can play at the back and can play in a variety of different positions. I also think as well that kind of like the whole... If you've only bought one player and you don't see until September, then that would be a bit odd. But when you've had the kind of summer that Liverpool have had, and obviously players that have come in, I think it kind of, it makes a lot of sense because it's not just the, you know... It's not like he's just moved... Like, for example, Shakiri who's just moved from Stoke and is actually apparently still living in the same house in Cheshire. Mm. It's a new country, getting the family over and everything else. Now, some people are going to settle better than others. I think the fact that they've almost taken the heat off him a little bit and said, all right, you get yourself settled, get your feet under the table. It's a long, long season. We mentioned on, on our pod yesterday, you know, we'll all be disappointed if Liverpool have a season with less than 50, 55 games in. We've had four. You know what I mean? It's a long, long season. And particularly this... You know these next couple of spells between the international breaks going into Christmas are jam packed with games with Europe, Champions League. I think by the time we kind of you know, the next international break comes around in four weeks' time in the at the start of October, I think we'll be talking and thinking about Fabinho in a much different way.
1: Ghosty, do we believe that uh, Fabinho's wife is doing a good job, basically taking the heat off him? <laughs> <laughs> she, she's very popular the amongst Liverpool fans, isn't
0: she? <laughs>
2: of an interaction with them on social media but uh, I think Fabinho it looks like he's he's pretty much nailed on to start he was called into the Brazil squad uh, he was one of two right backs and the other one, Wagner, who played in the World Cup has dropped out so they've got Diego Militao who plays with Porto, I believe they've called him in so it looks like Fabinho's going to start against the United States at right back and then possibly against El Salvador Big one when he comes back on Thursday, I think. I'm not sure whether they're going to be back in time, the, the Brazil trio They'll in... charter a jet, won't
0: they, surely? Yeah, I uh,
2: don't know whether they're going to be back in time for training on the Thursday, so they might only have Friday before the lunchtime kick-off. So I'd be amazed if Jürgen Klopp decides to throw him in a, for his debut away at Spurs. But these are the type of games where you might expect for being able to play. He's not going to be wanted for you know, games against the likes of maybe Bournemouth at home or you know whoever it may be going to be needed to dig in in a, in a handful of games away from home in big games against top six opponents um, so I'm not particularly worried that we're not seeing much of them at the moment because we don't need to really Liverpool aren't necessarily going to be on the back foot against the likes of Brighton at home so yeah I'm not worried I think £40 million is basically par for the course these days for the top class midfielder um, it's not like as Dan says he's the only signing, and you're worried because you're wondering why we aren't seeing him there's a clear, clear structure behind it all and I think sooner or later he'll get his debut and it'll come at some point in, in these, these this next month or so.
1: Bies, is this just a matter of Liverpool going back to the old days whereby they would take time blooding these players, letting them have a couple of weeks or months just watching on and seeing the way that they have to play? Because okay, in the old days it would have been perhaps because they were a winning team and they didn't want to change it too much and you had to get used to that winning mentality. Now it's more to do with Jurgen Klopp's style of play and how somebody can fit into that because, you know, it can take a bit of time to, to do certainly in the
3: midfield. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think he's going to be spending um, two years in the reserves or anything like <laughs> he's that. He's not that going to, to win the Central League, no. No, <laughs> to learn the Liverpool way. He's not come from scum for or anything like that. But um, Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a win inside. Four wins out of Four from the start of the Premier League, top of the table. So, I mean, it might have been different. Maybe they got his chance if things hadn't gone too well the first couple of games. It maybe come coming earlier, but, you know, why Why um, change a winning side when things are going well like that? It is a luxury to be able to, to take that time to, to, to blood him at, at Melbourne, get him used to the system and then introduce him when, when he's ready.
1: Now, because of all these midfielders Liverpool have got, Dan, get off your phone, um, <laughs> sorry to, no problem no problem just pay attention um, there were some tales knocking around this week linking Liverpool with Adrian Rabio of PSG uh, since we've since learned Liverpool have no kind of imminent interest in whether that changes further down the line who knows I mean he's basically he's out of contract at the end of the season he's 23 uh, he may just be a little bit of chatter because he's angling for a new deal at PSG mm. I don't know Barcelona also interested in this is going to be two points one are you a bit surprised that Liverpool are being linked with the midfielder given the fact they've just bought two already. And the second one is the fact that Liverpool are being treated as a credible transfer alternative to the likes of PSG and a competitor to to uh, Barcelona.
0: Yeah, I mean to what I, I take that I I think in this day and age we're all used to kind of taking a lot of transfer Tittle tattle with the pinch of salt that it deserves a lot of the time. There's,
1: there's normally a reason behind it. There's always yeah. a reason behind it. It's not just someone's just literally sat down and made it up for no apparent reason. It could be an agency. It could be a in club. It could be Depends when it
2: comes. This becoming well outside the transfer window yeah. would suggest that. But no, normally Jordan's someone. Once we see all kinds, something. Yeah. yeah, and
1: a lot of the time we just go. Yeah,
0: yeah, someone's put that out there for a reason. But I think I mean I, I, to be honest, I didn't play it an awful, given it an awful lot of attention this week. But neither does anybody else, did you? No. <laughs> 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 but, but but the one thing I did take from it, particularly kind of like you know, the way you've kind of pitched it there, is that it's a it's a nice little. It makes you stand a little bit tall and kind of think. Yeah, well, we we should be being talked about talked about in these kind of conversations because that is where Liverpool. Currently, are in the in the European pecking order, um. You know, obviously, nothing's guaranteed. That you know, how however magnificently we did last year counts for nothing when we kick off against Paris Saint Germain in ten days' time, wherever it is. But at the moment, you know, Liverpool Football Club are seen as a kind of a go-to European destination for top young players around Europe, and more of that, I say. I
1: mean, of he's. he's- not exactly holding back in terms of being a Liverpool fan. He's, he's several times on Instagram, on social media. And Big Instagram fan of this he's man, Cosmo. Yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> mentioned uh, that and Sean Dundee. Uh, and Jimmy Carter. I saw Jimmy Carter, uh, Crystal Palace. Anyway, he's, he looks very different. Who'd have thought that, a eh? Man 27 years old that looks different to what he did. Who knew? Yeah. Anyway, Ghosty, go back on to uh, whatever question I was going to ask you. What was the, what were we talking about? Adrian oh, Rabiot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Basically saying... The fact that he wants to—he he clearly would say yes to a move, as Dan's just said—that augurs well, doesn't it? Because Klopp's seen as a as a manager who can bring the best out of these young talents because he's only twenty-three.
2: Yeah, I mean, as you say, he's only twenty-three. So if he's a, a lifelong Liverpool fan,
1: it, yeah, he's it, not seen the win, much, it, has has he? Exactly. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. <that's laughs> league, FA Cup, League Cup. Yeah, but <laughs> no leagues though. I mean, it, it's uh, it's an interesting one. I mean, Jurgen Klopp is a, a huge attraction for for certain types of players as near across Europe and so are Liverpool. So you can understand why, as you mentioned, Liverpool are kind of seen as a a viable option for for these type of players. But I'd be amazed if Liverpool did kind of change the stance and look at it because I thought it might be a free transfer. They've just signed two central midfielders in the summer. One hasn't even played yet and, you know, no one's writing him off by any stretch. So I I would be surprised if the stance did change. But it it, it is, um, I, I see the point you're making about Liverpool kind of appearing to be, a force once more in, in terms of the players that they can attract because they've done it, haven't they, the last 18 months or so. Yeah. They have attracted some big-name big, yeah. big name players. Bees, have you
1: missed the transfer rumour, Will?
2: I know <laughs> you're a big, you're a big yeah. fan of the tittle-tattle
1: train, <laughs> <Yeah. all this. laughs> no, I
3: know this. I'd say, that, um, why wouldn't Liverpool be talked about in, in these kind of um, circles? I mean, you've obviously got the, the big two in Spain, um, Barcelona, who you mentioned, and, and Real Madrid. They're kind of out on their own, really, in regards to... Size of the club, and that's perhaps why it was tough with Coutinho and Liverpool. They thought, well, why is he moving on? But there's probably you could probably only have those two clubs, maybe a couple of more with the money who would be above Liverpool in the whole um, football food chain, mm. really. So you've got them. I mean, I know R- Ronaldo's just gone to Juventus, but that's very much at the, um, the the in his autumn years now. So the Italian clubs can't really compete financially like they could a generation ago. Um, I mean you've got his current team Paris Saint-Germain with the money but they do, again like similar to Manchester City they don't have the European pedigree and so if you're looking at the type of options whether he's a Liverpool fan or he's not a Liverpool fan if he's looking at those elite clubs across Europe there's Bayern Munich I suppose as well but there, are, there aren't many probably counting the amount of teams on one hand and if despite what his teammate Neymar says I mean Liverpool are probably going to be top four again this season they're probably challenging the Champions League of course they'll be in the conversation Now speaking of money, Dan, uh, Liverpool announced some ticket prices
1: this week in regards to the Champions League games and the Carabao Cup game against Chelsea. Hmm. Um, the Champions League games, I'm thinking I'm right in saying the top price fifty nine quid, which is basically the that's the going rate for a top Premier League match, isn't it? And that's the rate that they've been that it was last last year. And but the interesting one is the League Cup I'm calling it the League, I'm not calling it Carabao Cup. It's the League Cup. Cup. The League Cup game against Chelsea at Anfield, thirty quid. Top price.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, I noticed there was a tweet went out from the Spirit of Shankly, Liverpool Supporters Union, when this was announced a couple of days ago, saying, you know, we'll be the first to call out the club when they do something wrong, but we've got to be the first to call them out when they do something right. And, you know, exactly right. That is a, a realistic and fair kind of price. But, but I think, you know, if this these early round League Cup games, sometimes, you know, you can get Carlisle at home, Rotherham at home, and I think, you know, then maybe you sh- you will be looking at 15, 20. Hang
1: on, the- hang on, oh, hang on, hang on. Everton got, Everton got Rotherham got thirty got thousand. Well, good for them. <laughs> um,
0: no, no but, but but the point I'm making is the club could have uh, said, "Well, look, it's Chelsea. You know, it's a big fixture. It, it, you know, it, it gets big appeal. Let's charge standard Premier League yeah. prices or forty yeah. odd quid." But the fact that they take, to be honest, it's always amazed me that more clubs don't don't do it. You know, just kind of take a a wider view of things, right? If you, Make the, make the general admission cheaper, but if you're getting more bums on seats, more people buying hot dogs, programs, all that kind of caper, you actually, as well as creating a better atmosphere and a better experience for everyone there, you're actually going to make more money as well. Mm. So, yeah, it, it's it, encouraging to see that, that the, you know, the, the ticket prices and the way things are done, and, you know, it's been a huge, through, you know, a huge kind of raise on debt, really, for, for, for the union and what they're about. And obviously, we all remember the walkout a few years ago, which, you know, thankfully had... Direct tangible results, and you know the the thirty pound cap on away tickets, you know, has been very much in place for a couple of years now, and it is is every 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 football supporter in the Premier League who travels has benefited from that. So all those people that you know that the naysayers that say, what are you moaning about? Just get on with it. You know, the, the, never underestimate the power of protest. Well, of
1: course, there you or go. Political there. Yeah, I mean, what's your take on the on the ticket prices?
2: Well, as Dan says, I think the. The 30 pound cap has been, uh, you know, fantastic. It's it's great for uh, fans who are travelling the length and breadth of the country to see, to see the teams play, and they're not having to fork out upwards of 50, 55 pounds. It's just going to be 30 pounds wherever they're going. And um, yeah, as Dan says, of Shankley said they'll call out Liverpool when they, they get something wrong, so call them out when they get something right. And, and I think this is, um, this is something they have gotten right. I think 30 pounds. Is is that going to be the most expensive ticket, Is it? For,
0: I think thirty percent the most
1: expensive. I think there's a lot of ten quid tickets as well, isn't it? They go yeah. down to a tenner.
0: Mm. Similar kind of thing. Yeah, you know, they got the they got the you know, the map of the stadium. Depending on what part, I mean, my as it happens, my season ticket in the upper cabin is mm. is the is the dearest part of it. But yeah, I, th- I think in the worst. Sorry. The upper Camlin, it'll always be the Camlin <laughs> to me. Ian. You're up two stand names <laughs>
1: behind there. <laughs> that's, um, the with the milk, that's the problem with the league cup, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, but I, I think something. I would imagine. I think the cop's about eighteen or twenty. Is it? I think so. Yeah. No, no, yeah. Not, not too much more of that. Hmm. So um, yeah, you know, as the rounds go on, yeah, you know, I, I would like. To, it's certainly it's, it, 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 until if we get to kind of like the quarters or the semis. No matter who we get, if obviously depending on getting through and getting home draws, but I would like to see them stick to that. Mm. And yeah, you know, it's about just giving the fans a bit back. You know, the, the club are always the first to say that, you know, we need the supporters. We, you know, we're, we're all in this together, and you know it has to work both ways. And I think there's been a, a real kind. Of, you know, we've all talked at various points in last couple of years about the disconnect between the club and the supporters and there's been a lot of work going on on both sides and obviously Tony Barrett has been has been a really key figure in that and don't, said, pra- don't praise him too much though come on yeah, well no. <laughs> I've, just, I've, yeah, i just I do think he's the best of yeah, yeah, the club's yeah. made yeah. since club yeah. but I think we are really generally, seriously seriously but, seriously. but I, do, I do think we are starting to see kind of like the real kind of benefits of that now in lots of different ways and you know and ultimately Bill Shankly was the first to say that you know, the club is about the people mm. And in these in these very commercial times, when we're constantly being told football is a business, and you know, and we as fans, we can't have it both ways. You know, we want to have the top players. We want to have Alisson and Mo Salah, and you know, top footballers getting hundreds of of pounds a week. So the club have to make the money from somewhere. But they are making a lot of money from television now. Yeah. And it's a, it's about just trying to provide that balance and. I don't know if you'll ever get a perfect balance, but I think Liverpool's balance is much better than it was.
1: I mean beast to lace this with a, a dose of reality, there's also the fact that Liverpool probably won't be playing anywhere near a first choice team, which is why they're happy to to bring the the prices down accordingly. Mm. But also looking as Dan mentioned, the long term view there, if there are, say, two thousand, three thousand people who go to that game who've never been before and go, well, oh, I quite like that mm. and then they decide I want to go again next time and then that builds like a new fan base because the the worry for not Liverpool, but it's almost all of the um, all of the clubs, certainly Premier League clubs, is that the fan base, the average age is getting older, and it's becoming a little bit too expensive for maybe some of the younger ones to to start watching. Now, they get to a certain age, like it's, it's the adult and child ticket, isn't it? Where when that suddenly goes, the jump from that to full price ticket is in, is but there's only have a handful a of them anyway. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so it's getting that new fan base yeah. and giving them an opportunity and and also Liverpool probably could do with winning something as well, couldn't
3: they? Yeah, um, um, yeah. there's actually some, some some great policies from the club to be fair. I've managed to see that um, first-hand a few weeks back start the summer. I went to a Red Neighbours event up at Anfield with... Um, Andy Robinson was there and um they had a a, a draw like a Champions League style draw <laughs> where all local school children would be allotted certain fixtures for the, for the season and uh, How long did that go on for? <laughs> 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 I mean, it, it, was, it, it was great cuz the kids got up themselves and they got to pick out which which teams Did you get did you get playing. to pick one though? No I didn't no, get no. To pick one. No <laughs> no. Um, uh, but yeah it obviously it's all part of this idea it's it, it works two ways it's helping the kids it's helping the club like you say it's getting those Kids there, the the younger generation at Anfield, and also they'll help create create an atmosphere as well. Because I mean, okay, you've got the older supporters there, the loyal ones have been going year in, year out, but they're probably some of them won't be making as much noise as these youngsters. And I think the club have also paid attention to what happened pre-season. They had the first. Anfield friendly for a number of years mm. against Torino, and they probably didn't get the kind of crowd that they expected yeah, for that. True, yeah. So yeah. I think on the back of that, they've been sensible now. They've looked at that. I Did don't sure. know what the policy was for the Torino game. They've looked at that, and said, I think Let's it get was. Right the, I, think, I think it was thirty. It was, for that game. Yeah,
2: I, it, I remember thinking that. that's. that's yeah. it, but, yeah. Particularly yeah. as well, 20, twenty-seven. I think it was.
0: And, and no discount for season ticket holders for members. And I remember mm. thinking, you've dropped, a, you've dropped one there. You, know what I mean, that that was. In the past, they've kind of got the. the they went in spell p- in d- the
1: past, it probably because they weren't in Europe quite a lot or doing quite I as well.
0: Mahoude was keen on an Anfield pre season friendly I remember Rafa Raffer- was the last one. Well, 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 well
1: Rogers had uh, Dortmund. is so, yeah. had like yeah, Dortmund clock clock was there, was there, yeah. There. Yeah. I remember
0: going to the Palmer one
1: when Gary was Five yeah, yeah.
0: But I can't remember how much it was, but I remember the ground was pretty much full. And I remember thinking, yeah, the week before the season, after the summer, the season we've had, the players we've bought, they've obviously got something wrong there. But like, 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 like Chris has said, I think you know, I think maybe the penny slightly dropped from that, and I think it's it's it, to me it's one of the most important issues in football. I think people have probably seen it before, but you social media types may have seen one of these memes that's getting that's been doing around for a while. To be honest, it, basically a little picture of a lad by the side of a pitch and says something like, "Football, make sure your kids don't grow up thinking it's just it's just the television program." Hmm. And it's true, you know what I mean. So, yeah, you know, obviously Liverpool are at the the higher end of the food chain. But I think clubs all across the board have to make sure children, young people, everyone has the everyone is able to get into football because just looking at it in cold hard business terms, that's your future customers, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. And you know they, they have to the the clubs and the game as a whole have to start thinking more creatively about that.
1: One uh, well, final thing, then it is the international weekend or the international break continues this weekend. Paul, what would be your one wish from the international weekend, other than for it to be over? Ah, oh, that was what I was going to say. <laughs> um,
2: no injuries. Yes, no there injuries it is There's the other thing. No one, yeah. I don't want anyone coming back being out for three weeks, four weeks. Um, I'm not bothered of any of them get on. I'll be honest. Um, I just want them to come back unhurt
1: bees we had uh, Connor was in here on, <laughs> really? uh, on Monday and he ended it with uh, shouting out come on England really loudly which we cut off the end for his own safety although we've now <laughs> dropped him directly <laughs> straight back in it again however he, he's he's very much pro-England he's from Kent it should be are you, you? He's not. He's, yeah but what, what is it the Isle of Sheppey is it? Oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah he's not even mainland England anyway what's your take on internationals given the fact
3: you're practically Welsh <laughs> we, uh, we, <laughs> well, it's us in these border regions are the strongest patriots, obviously. Um, <laughs> no, um, yeah, we, we we all we all love um, England now, mostly um, here at, at the Echo. And, uh, no, uh, what all I'd want from the from the international um, um, break, and I don't think I'm going to get it, is to, is to understand this UEFA Nations League. Because <laughs> we have to article on it now, and I'm none the wiser. We have to be a, a podcast long enough yeah. to describe
2: that. Something I, like. Do you play in a league and then I, right, teams but, get promoted and yeah, teams get team, relegated and the, then you, you play again? But who plays in the
0: Euros? I, well, I, I,
2: that's the weird thing. it's like the actual
1: Nations League itself is fairly straightforward. Basically, England are in the top tier of groups. If they win their group, they go through to the semi-final. Are England semifinal. hosting it though? No, that's it's no. Right, it's that's, it's, that's, it's Europe that's Europe the Wild, European is Championships.
2: It? Is this not it? Yeah, but the no,
1: this is something time, else. Andy, oh. See, you're you're getting confused now. This is something else completely.
0: I feel like we should know this, but... I started reading a piece on the BBC, I think, yesterday the day before. It's something really along the lines of how does the UEFA Nations League work? And I was literally losing the will to live <laughs> after about three or four paragraphs. And I just thought, life's too short.
1: So what would be your uh, wish for the international break? Oh, Other than some days off.
0: Um, well, um, I think that the fundamental one, I think I don't think there'll be a Liverpool fan across the globe that doesn't the number one priority is for everyone obviously to come back fit and well and unscathed if one or two of our boys can pop a goal in or pop a couple of good performances in you know the season is still very much in its fledgling stage if uh, if you know, a few good performances will help boost confidence reform and form uh, and mental attitude and obviously uh, liverpool are right back in at the deep end with a 12:30 kick off at Wembley against tottenham next Saturday so we could do with our lads being full of beans and hitting the ground running so but yeah the, the number one hugely overriding priority is just be come home safe and well uh, i think that should thank you
1: uh, that should more or less do us i'm also told that if you're listening on spotify or itunes or what's the other stuff Acast, A-cast. yeah the thing that actually hosts it uh, please please review rate and subscribe to the show and it also says in this piece of paper please leave some nice comments or michael will cry Aww. michael is the man who's currently sat to my right he's recording this say hi michael
2: Hi, Michael. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Sorry. He's, he's, he's he's not a he's not from round here. And so on developed. that on, on that geographical bombshell, <laughs> we shall bid you farewell and join us next week where we will look ahead to or build up to the game at Wembley. Cheerio.
0: You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.